Hey y'all, welcome to the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast hosted by Kelsey Hamrick and Tara McAdam. We are two sisters who desire to grow in love for Jesus. You are not alone and we want to come alongside you with challenges, laughter, questions, prayers, and the eternal hope of the gospel. Whether you're on your way to work, changing your 10th dirty diaper today, or drinking a glass of sweet tea, we pray you are strengthened and filled with joy from these biblical truths today. Well, welcome back, uh, faithful sweet tea and Jesus peeps. We are so <laughs> thankful that you are joining us yet for another episode. Kelsey, how has your week been going? It's going good. You know, we had uh, we were snowed in last week, and so it was really nice to go to church yesterday and get out of the house. It was a really good time of worship. So yeah, it's been good so far. It's only Monday, so we'll see. But so that's far, right. so good. It's also my father-in-law's birthday today, so that's always a well, thing to celebrate. Yes, happy birthday, Poppy. <laughs> well, today's episode is one I think that is just going to be a really good topic to dive deep into. And it's all about hardships that we face and how those hardships shape us and mold us into who we are. Yes, this episode that we've been working on has really impacted me so much. This Sunday, while we were worshiping, I was just bawling my eyes out because I had just reviewed some of the material we were going to talk about and it just really impacted me. So I'm really excited to share share it today and I hope it impacts all of you listeners as well. A question came to my mind that was, who would I be if I never went through anything? What if life could just always be a breeze? I'm a reflection question kind of gal. I'm just very curious as to why things happen the way they do. I've always been that way. My parents used to say when I was little and started talking that the questions just never stopped. I just It's a true statement. It is. I just want to, but why? About everything. But why? But why? And I'm still that way. And in my walk with Christ, I am the same way. So I've had some honest moments when I've asked God, why does this have to be so hard? Why can't you just give me everything I wish for since I'm not wishing for anything bad? Did I do something to deserve this pain that you're putting me through? And I think that this is a question that most of us have or or have had at, at some point in our past, whether it be about yourself or even about someone else going through something hard. It can be something as small as your kid being uncooperative or you're at work and every person you're supposed to see that day is late. They're messing everything up. It could be sleeping through your alarm. It could be your baby refusing to sleep at night, but sleeping all during the day. So you're just exhausted and you feel like you're living this endless loop of no sleep and you just feel like a shell of yourself. But there's a lot of really hard things that people struggle with, like cancer or being told you can't have a baby when you want one really bad. It could be losing a child, having a miscarriage. Honestly, the list could go on forever on the things in our lives that really make it seem more difficult. That's right. I mean, you know, think about like a cancer diagnosis, dementia, I mean, financial crisis, accidents that happen, the loss of a loved one, addiction, not getting the dream job that you wanted. I mean, seriously, the list could go on and on and on. Okay. So just imagine this. You wake up, you feel 
so well rested. You slept great. You have time to take a shower. You go to the bathroom all by yourself. And your husband made breakfast for you. And both your kids wake up happy. You're on time for everything. You have time to sit down and do your Bible study. Drink a hot cup of coffee without warming it up even one time. And your kids nap great. And throughout the day, you have great playtime with them. You have time to see some of your friends. You have a wonderful dinner and you go to bed. And of course, your dishes and laundry are all done. Of course. I mean, just thinking about that makes you smile. And you're like, what a great day. That sounds like the perfect day. I know. And to be honest, I do think that it's okay. It's totally okay to desire for life to go smoothly and easily because ultimately this is not our home. This is not how it was supposed to be. Think about when James says that we are a mist that appears for a little while. And Psalm 39, 4 through 5 says, show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. So both of those verses tell us we are not made to be here on earth for long. So it makes sense that we long for heaven. Man, as you were describing that day, all I kept thinking about is just having a hot cup of coffee. (laughs) What a great day. (laughs) I know I reheat my coffee. Like I'm not playing. Like I reheat my coffee at least three times, sometimes four. Uh, But seriously, like we all have it in our head what this like perfect day would be without any interruptions, any distractions, no hiccups or hardships. Our life is just so fluid leading and we tend to have such a horizontal here and now or you know those glasses on where most of the time instead of having our view vertically and having our eternal glasses on all the time have you ever thought about what we think of everything every scenario every interaction every hardship through an eternal perspective you know in Mm -hmm. light of eternity how would that change your view of hardship in your life yeah it would truly change everything our burdens would feel so much lighter. Our pain wouldn't sting so bad. Our worries wouldn't take our thoughts captive. Ultimately, our home is heaven and heaven is perfect. It's a place to be with our creator, a place with no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, a place to be able to just sit and worship God for all he has done, a place to not even have thoughts of all the things we don't have, all the things we wish we could have. And that's just amazing to think about. I I remember that song by Mercy Me called I Can Only Imagine. And one time our youth group was singing that song and the worship leader said, I just want you to get far away from everyone. We're going to cut the lights off and everybody just close your eyes. And I want you to just sing this song and really imagine what it will be like to walk by his side. And it makes me emotional to talk Mm -hmm. about that because worship for me makes me feel so connected to God. And to be able to imagine when we die for him to meet us with open arms is overwhelming. I don't know exactly what it will be like, but to just imagine walking beside our Lord and Savior, what an incredible feeling that gives me to just imagine it. Right. And I do love that song. I actually, in eighth grade, got to hear them sing that 
met live at um, the um, big concert. They used to have Big Spring Jam in Huntsville. Mm. And um, it was yeah, it was a really incredible experience to be surrounded by thousands of people all singing that song with Mercy Me leading that. It was just, mm. it's a good one. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even just, you know, stepping back, going back to hardships and how hardships shape who we are today. You know, every one of us has a story. We mm-hmm. all have been on a journey and God has brought us all through multiple valleys and mountains. And our story is called our testimony. Your testimony has made you who you are today. God has brought you from darkness to light and from death to life. So since you've come to know him as your Lord and Savior, he has been refining you and molding you through various ways. And that that process is called sanctification. And sanctification is God's will for our lives to know him, to reflect him, and truly, ultimately, to bring him glory. Yeah. So then I have this question. Like I said, I like to question everything. So if God has the perfect plan for us, this perfect heaven for us, why is it so hard here on earth? Why can't every day just be an easy day? And the answer goes back to how not holy we are and how we need to be sanctified our whole lives. My life would be easier, but it wouldn't be as fruitful. So I want to take a look at some characters in the Bible who had really hard things they went through. I want to talk about some characters who were asked by God to be obedient and do something that I can't begin to imagine doing. And I want to talk about why. Why would God allow that? Isn't that the question that most people have that are not Christians? And even people who are Christians, why would God allow this? Thankfully, we have God's word easily available to be able to help us work through that and work through that question. I want to talk about this story because when I first heard it, I struggled with feeling like God was being cruel. So how can God, who is good, ask a father to do this to his son who he has waited for for so long? How could our gracious heavenly father ask a man to sacrifice his only son? It doesn't make sense at first glance, but this quote from the Gospel Coalition sums it up so well to me. So it says, why would God ask Abraham to offer his son as a sacrifice? Is God trying to teach us that we should be willing to sacrifice what is most precious to us? No, this story is not recorded to inspire sacrifice to God. Instead, it paints in vivid colors the sacrifice of God. The point of this story is not to convince you that you must be willing to sacrifice to God what is most precious to you, but rather to prepare you to take in the magnitude of the gift when you see that God was willing to sacrifice what was most precious to him, his own beloved son for you. If we read the Bible, assuming that we are expected to follow in the footsteps of those who are featured in its pages, we will find ourselves always trying harder to sacrifice and obey, but never measuring up. We'll assume that God asks us to do things that will make us miserable just to put us through a test of our allegiance, diminishing rather than magnifying God in our hearts. But when we read the Bible, recognizing that it's not about what we must do for him, but about what he has done for us through Christ, rather than being offended by what we fear he may ask of us, we find rest in what he has done for us. Mm, That is so good. Such a good good quote. Yes. 
Oh my gosh, so good. Uh, That link to that article will be in the show notes. This story of Abraham and Isaac and God providing the perfect sacrifice in the thicket so that he wouldn't have to sacrifice the son who he had asked God for and waited years until he came is just, I mean, it's such a beautiful story of mercy and grace. And you're right. I think at first glance, we think, whoa, how could God, who is so loving, ask somebody to do that? But he was testing Abraham. He was testing Abraham to see if his affections had changed. Here Abraham is. He finally got the answer to this prayer. He had prayed for a child, for an heir. And here's this child. And he had his love. You know, God wanted to know, has your love for me shifted to this child instead of me? And God will test us. In James 1, 13 and 14, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desires, he is lured away and enticed. A test from God is not the same thing as a temptation that we face. God will never tempt us, but God will test us. He tested Abraham, Moses, Jonah, Peter. I mean, so many more, but he will never tempt us. Remember in James 1, 2, and 2 through 4, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let the steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So just remember, there are four T's that you need to be aware of when you're reading the Bible. Test, temptation, and trials and tribulation. You'll hear those kind of interchangeably. They go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. trials Mm -hmm. and tribulation. That truly is my favorite verse. It's the one I think I recite the most often when I'm faced with a challenge in my life. But the irony is that the verse itself is very challenging. That's right. It is. When trials come, count it all joy. I feel like when trials come, we most often count out all the things we've done right to justify why we don't deserve our trial. Mm -hmm. And that opens up a door for us to cast blame on God or to be angry with God. We get confused and upset at the thought that God would ask Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son, yet he did the exact same thing for us. It's impossible to me to imagine the sacrifice of your only child. I think about the immense love I have for my children and to imagine giving them up just makes my heart feel shattered. And that's just at the thought. But God did it because of how deep his love is for us. And every example we see of God testing his people is for the same reason. Mm -hmm. His hesed love, his never stopping, never giving up, always and forever love. We can count it all joy because we know why the trials come. They come because he loves us too much to leave us broken sinners as we are. He offers hope. He offers redemption. Don't be mistaken by listing all the things you've done right. Remember, the truth is that we deserve death. Mm -hmm. And we have a God who gave his life as a ransom for ours. Mm -hmm. And I think even in that moment, you know, Abraham, you know, said, hey, Isaac, I need, you know, they're, they're, we're putting the wood up. So they're putting the wood around the the altar. And then Isaac's like, dad, where, where is the sacrifice? And, Mm -hmm. and Abraham without skipping a beat, oh, God's going to provide it for us. And, you know, and he had he had
had to tell Isaac, hey, Isaac, I need you to get up on this altar and I'm going to strap you down. Yeah. I can't imagine what, what was going through Isaac's mind in that moment. But whether, you know, Abraham knew exactly how God was going to provide, he thought either I'm about to sacrifice my child and God is going to resurrect him from the dead because yeah. he can do that. Or he will actually provide a, a another, an, alter, an alternate sacrifice, you know, but I'm yeah. going to be obedient. And yeah. so I think that in those moments when God is testing, in, you know, us in our faith, he wants to see if our love for him can produce the obedience. It says, if you love me, then you will obey my commands. Yeah. And we may not understand why. And I go back to the very beginning, yep. you know, your why, but why, but why we, this side of heaven may never understand why. And we have to be okay with that. You know, we serve a God yeah. that is above our understanding. We serve a God who created the heavens and the stars and yeah. the deepest, weirdest creatures in the ocean that man can't ever even really see. And yet we, we have to trust him. And, yeah. um, and again, and trusting in that, the answer to that, why that him loving us is enough, you That's know? Right. So it's like, we may not know the nitty gritty details of the why, but okay, Logan, <laughs> well, there comes Logan had to go potty <laughs> real life over here. Yep. Um, but I think that's so important for us to remember is that we may not know that nitty gritty truth of why, but we know that the gist of the why is because we have a father that loves us so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, uh, some people say, you know, well, I made a mess of things. And so, you know, now look what God has to work with, you know, almost yep. in that he, he didn't plan for that. Um, and, and that's not true. It says in Psalms 139, every single one of our days were written before we were even created in, in our mother's womb and intricately woven together in the secret dark place, you know? Yeah. So I think that even remembering that, you know, when we are tempted and we fail to that temptation, there are consequences mm-hmm. to that. And when we, you know, when we sin, there are consequences to that. And sometimes our consequences, just like discipline, the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. Yeah. And discipline is not pleasant. Yeah. So I think we have to also realize that sometimes our testing can lead, you know, th- lead us through a hard thing, just like Abraham went through. Sometimes our discipline from the Lord can lead us through a hard thing, but all of that shapes us into who we are. You know, the trials or the hardships in our life, they're all there for a reason. God wants to grow us in our love for him, our faithfulness to him, our devotion to him, our dependence on him. And he tests, the tests he gives us are all to sanctify us. And that's what yep. we're talking about, to bring us closer to him. And the disciplines that he gives us are all for <clears throat> the temptations that we face daily and the sin struggles that we have daily. You know, it, and like we, I just said in Hebrews 12, 6, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son he received. We must be willing and ready to experience the hard um, through testing or trials um, or discipline in order to look more like Christ. Yeah. Every test is always very revealing of our hearts. And like you said, and intended to sanctify us. And, you know, we've talked about it before. The Bible describes it as a refiner's fire, that sanctification is a, it's a purification process to, you know, they, they burn it down so much and then all the bad comes out and they scrape it off, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, same with, same with, um, you know, fruit in the vine, mm-hmm. you know, they will prune the branches. You got to prune the branches so that fruit yeah. will come. You know, yeah. something that's so interesting to me too, with the refiner's fire, with the the gold and silver, when they purify it too, they always say that there's still impurities there. 
better no matter what. Um, but you just can't see them anymore because of how they wipe them away. And it just is such a beautiful picture of the blood of Jesus covering, covering our sin. Mm. Um, you know, it's not easy to admit, but I think for me, I, I, I do struggle the most with the need to understand why. And I'd let that get in the way of trusting God. And, you know, we've talked about Abraham and I, I don't know, you know, if he understood why God asked him to sacrifice Isaac, but he didn't need to understand why he was obedient. He trusted mm-hmm. God. He believed in God's faithfulness and his goodness in all circumstances. And so a question for me, a question for you, a question for our listeners is, do you trust that God is good all the time? You know, we say it in God. church all the time. Yeah. I mean, you say you hear it in church all the time. God is good. And then the congregation all the time. It's That's like right. You say it, but like, do you really, do you believe that? Do you believe that God is good all the time, even in the hard? And then another question would be, in what ways can you remember why God puts you through tests? You know, what ways can you help yourself remember how much God loves you in the middle of the testing and the trials and the hard times? Because I think that... um really remembering um, is going to help get you through it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. John 6, 40. This is the will of my father, that we will look on the son and believe in him. And so God has used every experience in my life and in your life to mold you into the person that you are today. And it is his will that we know him, love him, glorify him and look like him Mm -hmm. through this process of refining. You know, our sanctification will not be complete until the day that the Lord calls us home Mm -hmm. or until the day that he returns. But until then, we are called to love him and to make disciples. And we can make disciples by sharing our story, Mm -hmm. our testimony of what God has done for us. Remember in Revelation 12, 11, it says, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they loved not their lives even unto death mm. so your testimony is your unique and your testimony is specific for you by God so hope that that encourages you to go out there and share your story yeah with someone I we actually talked about that at church on Sunday we were going through acts when um, Paul was being dragged away by the Roman soldiers in Jerusalem and how he asked them to stop and he shared his testimony in the face of these people who he knew would not accept it. God told him they wouldn't accept it. And he still did it anyway. And I thought that was such an encouragement for no matter if we know that we're going to be rejected or not, doesn't matter. It's still what we are called to do because there could be that one person um, that needs to hear that to be able to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if you love God and you love people, then that is your motivation. So is that's my encouragement. on your end? Mm-mm. Do you hear something? Gotta love our technical difficulties today. Can you hear it on my end? Mm-hmm. Can you hear the beeping now? No. <laughs> Jeremy set off a smoke alarm. He tried to cook his steaks on the skillet and the whole kitchen is in smoke right now. I'm sorry if I interrupted your last sentence. <laughs> it was, it's going really bad. So I we'll hope you can't out. hear it. I can't hear it. So that's encouraging that okay. maybe maybe we can't. But I don't know. Do I feel like to... I was done just talking about Paul and yes. um, him sharing his testimony in the midst of a crowd who he knew would reject him and how that should be an encouragement. 
encouragement for us that we should be willing to do the same because we have a world right now that rejects Christianity very openly and mm-hmm. it's very difficult, but that's what we're called to do because mm-hmm. we love the Lord and he loves us. So, um, okay. So I did have a question I thought of today, which it might be your turn, but I have a I question. I have one so. too. Let's say let's okay. hear yours and I have one. I was just going to say, what is one thing that you have learned as an adult that you didn't know before that's like a practical thing like a tip I guess about doing some sort of adulting thing hmm. I'll have to think on that one look I'm saying this because y'all listen I um didn't know this until Tara told me but my dishwasher I did not realize <laughs> that there's <laughs> that jet. this jet drive that I've seen my whole life but I don't know what, what it was that you put in your dishwasher and your dishes are dry and not wet I didn't know there's a thing uh, here listen you I I felt real bad about myself for a while because Tara acted like yeah everybody knows about this well no ma'am because I've asked like five people I'm like did you I'm like I did not know this and they're like what are you talking about and so I told them they're like I didn't know that I'm gonna have to go buy some so I mean everybody's learning I bet a bunch of people on the podcast are gonna hear this and go I didn't know that either that we use I guess it's finish there's another one yeah, uh, uh-huh. but jet dry finish but you've put it in the little circle thing next to the pot or the well now I know and now I have dry dishes which I it's, thank you for <laughs> it's amazing yes um okay for me an adulting tip I mean uh okay so I have one of those those like mops that you can pump the pedal you know what I'm talking about uh-huh. and it, like bends. I, I didn't know this which probably everybody does but I didn't know this that you can wash the mop head in the washing machine mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I didn't start doing that till recently I was just like <laughs> man you get like mopping one. with a gross mop yeah you, well you get like one I'm like I throw it away and get a new mop like I'm just buying new mop heads all the time and finally uh-huh. I like read the label and it was like washing the washing machine and I was like do what that's so funny. So. All I could think, I, here's what I thought Tara was going to say. Okay, I thought you were going to say um, really learning how to iron because all I could think about was us going to Haiti and you learning to iron, or you ironing for the first time with an iron that was like completely metal. So you had yeah. to use pot holders and yeah. we were in the, it was like. Never ironed in my life and I ironed 100 for like degree eight hours. Heat. And they brought out like two suitcases worth of clothes for her to iron. And I've never laughed so hard. And I haven't used iron since. And I don't plan on it. I'm sorry, Mama and Daddy. My daddy ironed all his shirts growing up. And I ain't doing it. Jeremy's like, you want to iron my shirt? No, I do I'll not. I'll throw it in the dryer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just steam ball or something. <laughs> we do have okay. an iron, but I don't think we've, I think we've used it once. So Yeah. I use a steamer if I've got to use something. Yeah. That's the way to go. That's okay. Funny. Well, we have talked long enough today guys we are so thankful for your time as always we love y'all and we hope that this encouraged you and yeah hope you listen next week see you guys next week thanks hey y'all thanks for joining us today on the sweet tea and jesus podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe to our podcast so you can continue along on this journey with us please leave us a five-star review on apple so that others can find our podcast and be encouraged by these gospel conversations too Also, follow us on Instagram for upcoming content, news about our podcast, and more. Thank you so much for listening, and we're looking forward to you joining us on our next episode. See y'all next time.